podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's okay. Finally waited. Erickson, low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Emerson Sanchez. Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal! On debut, Tunga Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs! Let's take it out of the way. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane! That is exceptional! Try and place it, wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Oh wow, what a run! Jürgen from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Back again, back again, back again. Welcome to the latest episode of Touchline Hotspur. Um, we've got got a great cast here today. Um, Owen, I'm loving the shirt. I'll stop it, you. Thank you. How are you doing, You good, yeah? Very well, very well, brother. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be back. Um, Tops, how you feeling, man? Yeah, good today, bro. I can't really complain. I thought I thought that was the goat that you had in the background there. They're about to see. <laughs> <laughs> loving it, loving it, loving it. Dave, how you feeling, man? Yeah, I'm alright, man. <clears throat> had a few days to recover from the the abysmal performance at the weekend, and it's uh, yeah. On to hopefully sunnier times with Sheffield United on the on the cup. No, I'm good, man. It's all good, man. We're, you know, blessed to be alive. Do you mean? You know. Yeah, it's funny. I guess it's funny to see a group of Spurs um, fans like smiling right now. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably seems like there's not much to smile about from the outside looking in. But I mean, um, just to start off on one positive, like Mourinho's still gone. No sign of him coming back right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, let's let's start let's start with the final, man, because that is that's the hot topic, really, isn't it? Like, um, we've got we've got Ryan Mason um, picking, uh, let's say, interesting, interesting lineup um, <coughs> with some some surprising omissions before the kickoff, like, and that had that had the group chat going off so um I don't know who wants who wants to kick us off like what do you, what did you think about um Ryan Mason's lineup going into the game? It was shocking. <laughs> I'm sorry. That pissed me off from the jump. That that got me going from the jump. I was like, look, <clears throat> okay. We we all was it last week, I think we all said mm-hmm. Wilkes is probably gonna play. 
you know, those that listened to last week's pod, we pretty, pretty much all kind of agreed. Winks yeah. will probably get a shout. You know, he'd come on for 20 minutes in midweek or so. Looked decent enough. So, yeah, he starts. But then Giovanni himself over Tongi and Dombe against Man City. Really? Man, I'm... That that for me was the the, the that was a criminal offence, man. Um, like like our, our pod colleague would say, "Yeah, you know, come on down, Ryan Mason, come on down." <laughs> 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 you need to have a word. The thing is, like from a tactical standpoint, in the game, you know, when you're playing against Man City, you need to have someone who can beat the press, yeah. and Tongi is that guy. That's not just us saying that as Spurs fans. Even in our bad performances, you know, when we lost 1-0 to Chelsea, any highlights you saw from the game, it was Tongi putting people in the blender. Yeah, when we signed him, you know, his, his highlights were that game for Leon or Leo, where he came from, um, against Man City in the Champions League. You know, so... Even, even to add to that, I'm thinking, like, as soon as I saw... Like, obviously, we thought, going into the game, we thought Kane was injured. So, I mean, yeah. without Kane... As far as I was concerned, Ndombele was going to be the first name on the team sheet before I saw what Ryan yeah. Mason did. Like, it's, it's crazy. For the, for the reasons you just listed as well. Like, his performances against Man City in the past. It was crazy. And I, I mean, what, why do you think, um, Owen, why do you think he chose to play that, um, midfield, I guess? I think in his mind, he, he he wanted um, the ball retention and an energy in midfield, which he may not have thought and and Dombele at the time had. Um, it was crazy. Sissoko man. at the same time. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, Hoybier Winks, the Celso. I guess you could say they have a lot of energy and on paper should have um, adequate ball retention. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping his thinking was that he would just have Ndombele on ice and then just come on in the second half if we were if we were still in the game. Um, more wishful thinking yeah. from us. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> I'll say this more wishful thinking from us first fans, man. We we all thought we knew what was going on there. Like, yeah, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, bag, but... <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That first half, I guess um, I appreciate what Ryan Mason was trying to do to an extent, right? Because mm. we were trying to not only try and try and play through midfield we were trying to just play straight out from the back and I think it was just doing a bit too much like I appreciate okay we've got a landscape the the team for the next manager that takes over who should adopt a similar philosophy but to do it in a final to completely change our our play style against by far the best team in the country um, it just didn't work so what we saw in the first half was you didn't necessarily see the defenders trust Hoybier and Winks that much in deep positions. Um, we ended up hitting it long quite a lot. Um, whenever Winks or Hoybier got the ball, there wasn't necessarily that much movement up top. There wasn't necessarily that trust or that desire to make angles for each other. It's not something we had been working on for that long. So it was to be expected, man. So that was, um, I guess, detriment to us and one of the main causes of what was a shocking first half performance. I don't know how we came into it nil nil and the Celso especially yeah. when we did actually get the ball to him was was absolutely tragic. So yeah, that, that first half um again I think we were just trying to do too much. We were lucky to go into it nil nil. 
Definitely, definitely true. Um, Tops, yeah, I'm sorry to put pressure on you, man, but if you had yeah, to man. pick who was the worst out of that midfield three on the day and who was the best, who would you pick? Oh, the worst? It was Lachelso, without a doubt. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know why you delayed on that one. Oh, we look stressed this. They'll turn around and say he had a decent start to the second half. But honestly, the first half was shocking, man. The game completely bypassed him. Lack of energy. I don't don't really want to comment on his effort, but I didn't really see him really at the races, considering there's a cup final. You know, it was... It was baffling having him in the team, to be honest with you. Um, I was very disappointed with him. Um, I've been disappointed with him since he's come back from injury, and I can't really put, put my finger on why. Um, who do I think was the best in the midfield? I mean, the best of a bad bunch. I'm probably going to say Hoybier, but, you know, we were clearly outnumbered in that game, especially in the midfield. So, Hoybier and Winks were pulled from side to side, like, um, I understand why he wanted to pick Winks, but then I also feel like Ndombele doesn't get enough credit in terms of how much he's improved on his defensive work. And I feel like to throw True. Winks in there without being in there for 10 games in a cup final, uh, I, don't know, I just think he got that wrong, man. Like, And if he was going to play Winks, then you've got to trust Ndombele in that 10 instead of Lachelso. And, and And we didn't, man, so... You know what the funny thing is? Just adding to that, Lutelso wasn't really playing a ten. <clears throat> it was a it was a four three three kind of setup. Yeah, yeah. and actually, which is what we've been waiting. For yeah, as well. we've been waiting for a midfield three where Ndombele doesn't maybe have to do as much. Um, but let's be honest, when Ndombele played, you know, in our midfield against City, you know, the first game of the season that we played against him when we won, was it two 0 You know, yeah. he did a good job. He was able to help defensively. He was able to. Obviously, when he gets on the ball, his ball retention is second to none in our squad. Um, and, you know, like I said, playing Winks is a risk. But actually, I think if you play Winks and Ndombele, I think the, the biggest mistake was this also. And that panned out through the game. And then, obviously, you know, you get to 60 minutes and you're somehow clinging on to a nil-nil um, draw because they didn't have their shooting boots on, <laughs> you know. And if you notice, their press started to, uh, to, to, to pull back. They yeah. weren't. They weren't giving us as much pressure. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They didn't respect us. They didn't even respect us at that point. That's Like Carragher like, spoke on it a little bit, but he mentioned that he just thought the midfielders didn't have courage and they weren't brave enough to take the ball on. Like, and there were lots of times in that first half that City came with quite a high press because they could see that we were trying to play it from the back. And we actually have a player. Like, how many teams have players who are literally press resistant, who are happy to take the ball inside areas and try break into sort of the final third or into the middle third? We literally have a player who's capable of doing that. And the funny thing about this press is that every time we beat the press, we look like we could break on it, but mm. we didn't do it enough. Mm. And it's just like, that's it's what was so frustrating for me with Lucas Mora. It's so yeah. silly because so he was actually tucking even... in. Sorry, go on, go on, No, I was just saying that um, see, I think the only bright spark, I guess, in the first half was Lucas Moura, who would break through. And it's interesting, whenever like we do have players who can consistently dribble past one or two people, except 
the difference between Ndombele and Lucas Moura is Ndombele releases the ball, whereas Lucas Moura would either just carry on going for the third man or he would he would get fouled. Fair enough, he got a few yellow cards, like, well done. But, um, yeah, like that. Ndombele, like, I, I didn't hate the fact that he didn't start because, I mean, coming on against like, a tiring Man City in the second half, fresh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been that would have been a game changer. We were still level in the game, so yeah, it was more just the fact he didn't come on whatsoever. Is it's sus? And, and yeah. he came on instead of him. He takes off the one. You know, so you, you start the Celso to retain the ball, right? Because you think he will carry it forward and maybe make something happen on the off chance. Okay, you take him off and you bring on Sissoko. Like, of all the players you could bring on, bro. Like, <laughs> we've seen this before. We've seen Winks Sissoko in, in a final before, and it didn't work then. So, we've seen, we've seen this movie, man. We've seen this movie already. Seen <laughs> I don't want to see a Winks Sissoko double pivot in 2021. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Man. No, thank you. I'm sorry, man. I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore, man. No. I think, I think the, the, the rest of the team is not balanced enough right now for the Winks and Sissoko midfield to work. I mean, um, when we used it before, that was maybe like one of the the bigger problems in the squad. Whereas now I feel like there, there are quite a few problems and the Sissoko-Winks midfield, it just adds to to like a list of problems that we already have. So, I mean, I'm fully in agreement with Tops there. Like, I don't want to see it at all um, going into next year or, or as, as things go on. Um, what... Even as a midfield three, I mean, I was going to ask if, if you think it's different with them two in a midfield three, but how do you feel about it? Do you want to see them both in a midfield three with someone else, maybe Tonga, Tonga? What, with Winks and Sissoko? Yeah. No, because, um, sorry, Sissoko <laughs> is static. Uh, I think for me, and we saw this with the goal that we conceded, yeah. he's flat-footed, man, and, and you can't play... Yeah, level or whatever. Just football as a, as a whole, and you know we've seen it in in terms of the final gets caught out on his feet. And I think just as time has gone on and his confidence has, has kind of gone, um, he doesn't play many games for us. And and you know some most will say rightly so, but I think every time he comes on, he's flat footed. We you know I think we picked out I can't remember what game it was. Was it Aston Villa when yeah. you know he drifted into the box, no sense of urgency. <clears throat> You know the, the the few things that he could do very well before he doesn't do anymore. <laughs> so he's just a very bad option, um, and it's very easy to dominate a midfield with um, in Dombalace, Soko, and Winks. Um, obviously, you need to have Hoiberg in there for me. Um, and you know, Winks, if you're going to play him, cool. Understand, you know what he brings as, as a player. I'm not his biggest fan, um, as you guys know in the group chat, but. Let's you know if you're going to put him in there, you've got to have another option. I think you know a player like Tongi, um, or even if you're playing Ali in midfield, you know someone who can who can come close, get the ball, play on a half turn, and go from there. But Sissoko is not that option for me. Um, let's let's put some some more attention onto the defence and and the goalkeeper. I mean, um, this is going maybe about three, four games in a row now, but probably Luis, Luis was the best performer out of the back five. Um, 
And I guess for me, from my perspective, it's a bit worrying because I'm looking at um, Larissa's contract, I think Joe Hart's contract and um, is it White- Whiteman? Um, I think all of their contracts end in July or something like that, something crazy like that. So I don't know what's happening at the moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, Larice, I, I think he's, I wouldn't say it was a great performance. In fact, it was, I think it was a good performance. There, there was a lot of shots that um, some, some were right at him, but he, he made a lot of crucial saves. Do you know what I mean? He was there when he needed to be. He was big on the line. Um, and I think that the defence could have relied on him um, on that day. He should, have, he should have made them a bit more confident. It's a shame. It's such a shame that the goal came from, as Dave said, sort of Sissoko coming in, being a bit flat-footed. It looked like he was making decisions as well. It looked like, from my perspective, it looked like Dyer was pointing out... Um, I can't remember who scored the goal. Was it Laporte? Laporte. Laporte. Yeah. Yeah. So Dyer was pointing him out as well in um, Sissoko's shadow. And it looked like Sissoko was so busy kind of giving orders. He didn't even kind of take... Do you know what I mean? He didn't even realise what had happened until it was too late. So um, <laughs> it's a shame. But I say all of that to say, I don't necessarily <laughs> think the defence was that bad today, um, which is no. surprising. No, yeah. no, no. I feel like um, they did as best as they could. Uh, kept the score low. Um, everything that's kind of thrown at them, Dyer and Alderweireld, mm. they, they dealt with. It was the fullbacks that had absolute mares. Yeah, going forward, like, going forward. Yeah, I, I can't, can't yeah, seem to on regular at the moment. He's just completely out of form. Looks a shadow of the player that we first signed. Um, the work you've done, in, man. <laughs> giving balls away. I mean, I, I don't. I, I'm really quite confused. And Aurier, like. Again, not really wanting to help release some of the pressure from the centre halves, and then obviously, you know, these silly, needless sort of fouls in key areas. Obviously, the foul that led to the, you know, in a corner where Sterling is obviously going nowhere. Just, I'm happy for you to just shadow him and just yeah. jockey him, but he has to bring him down, and obviously that led to the free kick um, from which we conceded. So, I, you know, I can't, I can't speak too positively about those two at the moment. But I, I have to give props to the centre-halves. I feel like for what they could do, um, they did OK. Uh, and I suppose they just didn't have much help from the midfield, really, to kind of release that pressure. Um, especially when we, we were trying to play out so often as well, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, Owen or Dave, does anybody have any context on why these, why the fullbacks are suffering so much at the moment? Or perspective, I guess, sort of... Uh... <laughs> I'm not sure. I feel like Regulon might have been rushed back from injury a bit quickly. Like, I mean, I, I can't really explain it. They've all kind of just hit full of, or fallen off a cliff even. Like, um, I've been saying for only a little while now that the squad looked physically and mentally just burnt out. And this looks um, more so the case, especially in Regulon. Um, or, yeah, um I felt like he had a good game against Southampton. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure what's going on with Regulon. And this, like, this is, it, I can only guess he might still be carrying an injury, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe he's just mourning Real Madrid that, you know, you can't really come in for me in the summer because I'm just not playing well enough. And then he'll just kick on and play well next season. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. Bro. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> I think, I think for me with, with Regulon is, is his hesitancy. 
he's double he's he's overthinking everything I think that's that's where it is both defensively and, and going forward um, <clears throat> you saw that time yes Hoiberg should have shot for me even on your weaker foot you just hit the ball you got Zach Steffen in goal come on yeah, you know <laughs> it's not Allison it's not it's not you know Neuer <laughs> it's Zach Steffen in goal hit the ball man. but he makes that pass and and Regulans checked his run do you know what I mean um you wouldn't have seen that. And often you do find, with especially younger players from the continent who are used to having a break over Christmas or Easter or whatever, mm-hmm. it does pick up. And remember, we were playing, we started off the season, you know, when he came in on his debut for that Chelsea game, that was in the middle of like, you know, 10 games in, in three weeks or whatever. You know, so he's, he's probably played a lot of football um, at a level of intensity, which is a bit higher, plus the injury, um, plus a team that's not clicking, you know, and he's played his best for us when our midfield is working, when he's got cover behind him, when he's got a nice, <clears throat> when someone's, um, the centre-backs are dom- dominating, playing a bit higher up the pitch, he's not built for starting his his run from the edge of our box. Yeah. You know, I think he needs to play near the halfway, but, uh, you know, Danny Rose in his prime, and, and you know, obviously we saw Carl Walker on the other side. I think that's where the main difference for me in looking at his best performances is when we played on the front foot. Um, as soon as we go ultra defensive, um, he doesn't seem to be as good as, as coping with that kind of game, especially since he's come back from injury. Um, it's a shame. I think he's a great player. Um, and, and hopefully, like Owen says, this this means that um, Perez, who's obviously got, got his um, eye on other, other prizes in the world of football, um, forgets about um, Sergio and leaves him in London to just you know just hang around London for a bit for an extra year. <laughs> See, I hope. Um, I I would say though, just in his defence, I think um, Mara's on that kind of form was was going to make anybody look like that. Um, yeah. In some ways, like Mara's was making. I mean, just in terms of like every run that he made up the field, it looked like Mara's was in behind him afterwards. If you get what I mean, like that kind of thing. It just made it put the full stop on what was probably already a bit of a bad performance by his standards, man. It's just making it look worse. Um, and then I suppose we need to like go towards. Um, do you know what? And I, I want to approach this from a bit of a different angle, but I'll, let's talk about Harry Kane. But let's talk about um, Kane coming back from injury, specifically like before finals or before big games. Like. Is this has it ever worked? Furthermore, I'm I'm trying to think of a time. <laughs> it's like the free kicks that he lines up for, isn't it? It's like we all know it's not going in. So I, I mean, at the moment, seeing Kane rushed back into the squad, it doesn't even feel like a talisman sign for me. It felt like a bad thing, like to see his name there at the beginning of the game. Um, I felt like he'd probably been rushed, and. He, he, I, I just, I, I, I wasn't expecting much, and I don't think I saw much. I don't know if anybody disagrees. No, man. Well, I, 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 sorry, I suppose you can kind of see a pattern, really, isn't it? Because final, semi-finals tend to be towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. We haven't really, for a long time, had a second striker to kind of give him help towards the latter part of the season, and he does tend to pick up these injuries towards the sort of latter part of the season when he probably has been running to the ground. And obviously we've had big sort of quarterfinals, semifinals um, and finals that he's now obviously been picked for. But I feel like 
it's not just it's not just him though. You know, I wouldn't say it's just him. There's lots of players that have been in the squad for a while now that have not really performed in these sort of big games. But I, f- I feel for him because you know I saw a stat where we've been in like the last three finals or four finals and not scored a goal. Um, so someone would arguably look at him. They would say maybe you know our best player would should be able. Should have it in him to be able to pull us forward or pull us through in any of these sort of big games. But I just feel it's just been unlucky. Like, I mean, I'm of the mentality that you always have your best players on the pitch, you know. And I also feel it's different with him because he is one of these players in world football who has an elite mentality and can back that elite mentality with his elite capabilities as a footballer. So I do believe that in these kind of games, you need players like Kane, whether they're 50, 60, 70%. I'm always going to caveat that this is only in a specific number of players because you don't have players who have as high a quality of players as he. You don't have players as high or as good as a mentality as, as him. So the, the argument of whether we should be playing him or whether we expect it, I mean, if he says to the manager he's fit, um, just play. Um, it's just a shame that the last sort of three, four big games that we've had in these semi-final, final cup scenarios, he hasn't played amazingly, and there's always that, that element of doubt because he's sort of fifty-fifty whether he's actually fully fit or not. You know? Man, it's funny when you were saying, you know, when you were saying when you saw his name on the team sheet, you didn't exactly feel like it was, oh, he's going to be a talisman like in this day. It's exactly how I felt. Um, in the Champions League final, funny enough, like I'll have receipts going back. I didn't want him to start that final. Um, typically, I feel like when he tends to come back from injury or tends to, to come back to to start a new season, he's he's a bit of a slow starter. Anyway, um, furthermore, like I feel like when even when he's a hundred percent, him being in the team as as the talisman, which which he is generally, he does tend to slow down our play just a little bit, just to kind of for him to be, you know, the guy that plays a bit of hero ball. I feel like if he's 60, 70%, 80% even, it's not worth starting him. It's not worth starting him because like like you were saying as well, you were questioning, has it ever worked? It hasn't ever worked. It has, it, if rushing back from injury has never, ever worked. Um, yeah, so for me, like, it, it, was a, it was a mistake to, to start him. I think, put things in perspective, the last two finals, so Champions League final and obviously Sunday, we went up against, you know, teams that, well, the Liverpool team were obviously ultra-dominant the, the following season, but they were on a good run. They 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 produced in, in the league, you know, the kind of form that would usually win, you know, a, a league title. And they've been at the Champions League final the, the year before. It's interesting that their tactics changed for the final. They didn't play like Liverpool in the final. They played like every away team that we faced um, in that season where we struggled to score. What was it? We went from January to like October without an away win. Um, they sat back and they said, right, you're going to have to break us down. And we had Winks and Sissoko in the middle. Um, so, so Kane had no chance. And if you notice, Kane didn't have his first shot till the 70th minute. What happened in the 70th minute? More I feel like this was all, mostly Ericsson's fault. But for <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Winks goes off, right? Moore yeah. comes on. You've got some direct running. When you've got direct running, it opens up the game. 
at, at their pomp, you know, when we had, um, you know, uh, Ericsson, Kane, Son, Deli Ali, you know, in full flow. I remember going to watch something when you dismantled Huddersfield or something, 5-0 at, the, at Wembley or whatever. And their movement off the ball That's is right. what creates these opportunities for Kane. Yeah. Like, like, like Owen said, Kane's not quick. You know, he, he's got a bit of a burst and he can beat a player, you know, with a little, he does the slowest kind of shimmy, but it still works. <laughs> you have a beat <laughs> or he gets a foul. Um, but, you know, he's, he has that kind of capacity to open up the game, but that usually happens when things around him are moving quickly and the defenders have decisions to make about which player they're going to go and mark or whatever. And as he can play off those runs, he finds a bit of space, takes those long shots, you know, he, he's great outside the box, you know, he's a great finisher. But both finals, we've just sat back or we've struggled to break them down. So he mm. can get easily kind of played out of um, <clears throat> out of the game because of our own tactics in some ways, um, and I think that's what we're seeing. Um, we saw it on Saturday, uh, Sunday, sorry, um, and like I said, the last two finals. This this City team, you saw them last night against PSG when they switched it on. You know, they're they're ultra dominant. Um, they may be winning their third title. In, well, no, they are going to win their third title in, in four years. That's dynasty. That's that's legacy type um, uh, team building, you know. So put it into perspective. Yes, he hasn't done it well, but against those kind of teams, you have to be playing as a team. It's not just one player that's going to dig you out. You know, we see it with Man United and Fernandez. You know, we, we you know people talk about his his record in big games because individual bullets just can't always cut it. Yeah, you mm. need to have the team. Um, firing on all cylinders, or <clears throat> at least as many cylinders as you as you can can get going, um, and we just haven't been able to do that. So, you know, uh, that that goes with our managers, and you know, just some of our players. I felt like Kane wasn't sharp that moment in the second half, where he actually did have a few good moments. To be fair, like when he dropped deep and got it on the half turn, he found Son with quite a few nice passes across the field. He like held onto the ball quite well and fed it. But I knew he wasn't sharp when he saw Hoybier through on goal. And I know it's Hoybier, but like he took like two or three extra touches, then went to release it, and then the move was gone because he was trying to work an angle for a shot. I was just like, oh boy, like, like that could have actually been. That was one of that was probably our best opening in the whole game, to be honest. And it, it was, it was. It was I mean, yeah, you're right. Hero it ball. It's not. It's I mean, not. Uh, no, it's like times like that. Is also when I like get annoyed about this team as well because in that position, man, like he's looking for the best option because there's no decent option, so he's all he's almost trying to delay it so that he can either make a decision to play to to make an opportunity for himself, or when it's too late and he can't, he's got to play that ball to Hoybier. But by, by that point, Hoybier has already he's got to take it on his left. He's got to just look. look you've got to think of what the probability is of him getting a shot off, him passing the ball, him maybe coming back. By that point, the the chance is almost dead, you know? No, fully agree. Fully mm. agree. And I guess um, <clears throat> it kind of just takes us back full circle now to thinking, like, where... So, like, um, I guess the, the silver lining on everyone's mind at the time of Saki Mourinho was that the final's coming up. Um, I'm not going to act like everyone thought we were going to win it or anything like that. It was just... Um, something that there was to look forward to. So, I mean, how do you feel 
um, now, like about the rest of the season and going into next season, like what are you looking forward to? Are you looking forward to the new manager? Is it new? Is it players leaving? Is it new players? Um, I'm gonna throw that towards you, Dave. Um, I think it's a bit of all all the above. I think for me, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to seeing the new manager come in. <clears throat> all the signs indicate that we're, we're going for someone more progressive, someone more attacking. Um, but we're not going to be able to do much of that with the current squad. You know, yeah. Foco's not going to all of a sudden turn into prime Michael Essien. You know, you know late runs into the box and, and you know, box to box dynamic. He's not going to do that. So yeah. he needs to go. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> and Toby, they had a great partnership on Sunday. They did very well. They thrown themselves in front of everything. Great, cool, fine, thanks. Dyer, time to pack your bags. See you later, brother. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Punches. It's okay. That's it. You can find your flight. Once, 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 you know, once everything opens up, take your passport. See you later, brother. I mean, like, you just need to move on now. You know, it's not 2019. I think Ryan Mason, um, not only did he show himself to be an academy coach, um, but also he showed himself to be living in the past. You know, he picked a 2019 team mm. and, and tried to find a way to, to make it work. In, in a really, yes, he didn't have a lot of time, but anyone that watches football can tell you that that lineup was not going to get the job done. Yeah. Um, neither was neither was bringing on Sissoko, you know. So I think now I'm looking forward to the new manager. I think I'm looking forward to that more than anything else. Um, but then, yeah, second would be players going. Um, and obviously, you know, if we get some money for it, um, decent money, then we can reinvest that um, and, and see where we go from there. Right, let's let's stick with um, managers for a second. Um, I guess the names that are being thrown around at the moment, you've got Ten Hag, uh, you've got Brendan Rodgers, I think, was it Sari? These are like the hot names. I'm not saying these are the guys that are coming in, but Sari, and then I think there was one more, if anyone wants to throw it in, I can't remember. Potter. Potter. Well, that, people were saying Southgate as well, but I, I... Oh, that's the worst one for me. I'd... Yeah. <laughs> like, my, I, I just don't want to see... I don't want to have to look at Southgate. I don't think that's too much to ask for. I don't even... <laughs> I, I don't think that's too much to ask for. The same way I don't want to watch England play like too often. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to watch the England players, but I don't really want to see anything Southgate has to say. Like, it never seems like it's going to um, change the outcome of an England game or, or anything. Can I just like, yeah, the worst course. thing about the, the concept of Southgate coming to our club is that we're going to have to watch the whole of the Euros, wait for England to get bounced, and then he starts. So it's not even like he comes in a bit early and you know, mm. he gets some players in, whatever. My man, we're going to have to sit there, watch him, watch him probably flop, and then go, oh, man. Mm. Oh, it's, it's not happening. It's not happening. I refuse to believe. That's our guy. <laughs> You're going to watch your flop with like Sancho, all these guys, and then come back and try Yeah, yeah, and then go for attacking football. football. <laughs> <laughs> My man saying Calvin Phillips and Rice and Henderson, you know, free yeah, man on field. I, I, I hope we can like seriously just say like that's a ridiculous shout and it's never going to happen, man, because I'm seeing too much news saying that. And I think, I, I personally, I'm taking it as trolling, innit? I'm not even... I'm not taking seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking Potter a lot more seriously than that, and I don't want Potter either. I'm just taking it more seriously. Um, I was gonna ask though if one of you guys could sell Ten Hag to me because I'm not too familiar with Ten Hag. 
Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With the Credit Karma Money Spend Account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Yeah, man. Definitely, definitely, man. Like, um... Like, Am I even seeing it right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are Eric Ten Hag, yeah, man. Cool, Eric Ten Hag, cool. man. Yeah, man. So obviously, as you know, uh, Ajax coach for the last uh, well, this is three years. Um, he's three years into a four-year contract, which actually falls next summer. Um, he actually was before he became the Ajax manager. He had two roles. He had a long role in FC Utrecht where he was manager there for two years. And then before that, he uh, he learned his craft under Pep as one of the head coaches uh, at Bayern for the reserves. So a lot of his football sort of um, philosophy, I think, from what I've read and what I've seen, has been based on, or has quite a bit of an imprint from what uh, Pep you know, or the way he plays now. So largely, his football really is uh, possession-based football, whereby there's uh, large amounts of pressing in the attacking third, um, a lot of movement in between the lines. Um, generally, he always plays like a 4-2-3-1 or like a 4-3-3, whereby he has um, sort of high-running or high-flying sort of full-backs, uh, two ball-playing centre-backs, um, in the midfield, he operates with sort of a double pivot, whereby one of the double one of the double pivot generally tends to be um, someone who is very competent on the ball, and that that person generally likes to always drop into the midfield, uh, in, in, into the defence to create a three to allow the fullbacks to go, um, and then he also has a almost attacking eight or a ten who basically can become interchangeable with with the striker. So if you obviously remember his time at uh, his time in Ajax during that Champions League run, he had very good players in uh, De Ligt, who was obviously a ball playing centre back. Um, he had Frankie de Jong as that sort of CDM who was very competent on the ball. Um, he had Donny van der Beek as like that eight who was kind of interchanging with Tadic up top. And then he had very good sort of full backs that were happy to go up um, and stay up. Um, he generally likes to have players in the attacking sort of areas. He likes to have his uh, wingers. They have to kind of be very fluid. He likes them to be able to interchange positions quite well. Uh, and he likes them to be able to have the ability to be very, very clinical. And they have to be able to have the ability to find space in the half spaces, 
in the central areas and also in the flanks. So that if the fullbacks are sort of running wild on the, on the flanks, then he can trust them to come inside and support the strikers. Or if they are a bit more, um, if they are a bit more sort of relaxed, they can kind of take that space out on the flanks. So it does seem to me that he is very much possession based. Um, he very, very much relies on, you know, the, I wouldn't say tiki-taka, but the ability to, to create sort of movement in that midfield where you can kind of work around um, teams. And they're very, very high-pressing in terms of the way they carry teams. They like to use the second players, the cross-off passing lanes, and then the, the midfielders, he generally likes for them to just harry, harry, harry. So that when they do lose the ball, they generally can get it back quite quickly. Um, I would kind of say probably the only negative about that style of play is that generally if you have a team who is happy to play out through that press it then can find that his teams generally do find themselves um, a little bit on they can be they can be easily counted and that's probably where they tend to lose goals or there are teams that they play against that tend to tend to give them trouble when they kind of are, have the ability to counter, they sort of break that press. So generally, you know, the possession is very important. The ability to press is very important. The attacking fluidity is also very important. And I say this: the positional sense of the attack of the midfielders, because he generally relies on those guys to kind of set the pace of the game. Um, I do kind of like the, what he's done. What he's done, I, I asked for a number of reasons. First of all, I like the, like the way he plays. Um, they generally try and keep the possession and they try and take a lot of shots um, as, as a team. Um, he's very, very, he's renowned for also working very well with lots of young players. Um, players like Ryan Gravenberg, obviously the guys I mentioned earlier on before. Um, they've got a really good right back called Masri, who he's kind of developed. Um, they've got a midfielder named Mohamed Kudus, which has come through the ranks and it kind of bodes well for us because we have players like Sess and Skip, um, Sirkin and White, um, you know, arguably Man. Dombele. Because uh, I, I was going to ask. Like, you know, as well, like, he can kind of help improve these kind of players as well. So, no, no, because the way you're talking about his playing style, like that sounds interesting to me. And obviously, I've seen Ajax here and here and there, and, and yeah. they play pretty well. But like my first, my initial feeling would have been, I don't know if our squad can do that. But well, um, no, you no, you no, started pointing. I think that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think you pointed out some. You pointed out some good right. players though, like in the youth squad, maybe like. So maybe like, it needs. So one, go on. one thing I think that like is very important is that yes. Dave mentioned it as well to start with, is that he's going to need the players to do some of what he needs to do. But I also do believe that there's a lot of players already in the squad who have the abilities to do things that he wants to do. So, for instance, I feel like in Regulon, he has the type of fullback that he would absolutely love because that's a player who's happy to take on players in the attacking third and he will be up and down that flank. In a player who has the ability to to retain possession, he has an Ndombele. In the kind of creative or sort of fluid attacking players, he has people like technically Bergerin, technically Son, mm-hmm. uh, and then he has players like Kane, who you would take on a role similar to sort of like Tadic, whereby 
he can play as sort of the advanced striker, but he also can uh, revert and play in, the, in a position um, that is a bit, a bit reduced. Even like the position he used to play, Donny van der Beek, I would arguably say, you know, if you were to maybe re-coach or, or restyle Ali's game, Ali could probably play in that position as well, whereby he could be moving in between the spaces between the uh, sort of midfield and the sort of attacking thirds. So, in many respects, I, f- I feel like there are players that will be able to influence or take on his style of play. But like they've, they've said as well, there's a lot of players that I don't think have the ability to be able to, to carry out a lot of what he would want. And that is where I feel like if, in many respects, we could go for him, it would only be if we were able to support him in releasing the players that have really are not of the level and bringing in the type of players, even some of the players that he's got at Ajax now, to try and implement that style of play. Because I do feel that there are aspects of our squad that are, that are genuinely like-for-like sort of players that he would probably take on in his sort of team. But again, as well, as we said, the squad needs a huge rehash. And I feel like because he's a almost a progressive manager and he supports the young players, I feel like you kind of have a, a bit of a go-between or similar sort of style in terms of what Pochettino was. Because one of the things I really liked about Pochettino, even though we didn't have an amazing depth of quality players, his ability to coach and improve those players is what I really, really liked about him. And I feel like this is a sort of manager that, that. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, yes, get rid of the deadwood. Um, <clears throat> but we have you know, significant quality in some areas that he can build around. Um, I think a lot of the kind of critique of him is the fact that we obviously came back and we beat them in that Champions League game. Um, we were very lucky, let's be honest. Um, and in context, I think a lot of that was down to the fact that we had experience on the pitch. They didn't. Um, they were a very young team at the time. Um, we had a bit more experience on the pitch. Um, obviously, we got lucky with the, the, the last goal, you know, whatever. But also... Remember that that Ajax team had all in the previous two rounds, I think one of the rounds they played Real Madrid, and they went to the Bernabeu and beat them four one, you know, to qualify. They were down, you know, in, in the tie, um, <clears throat> and they came back. They had their own comebacks in the previous two rounds. So he's obviously got something about him in terms of going up against the top teams. Because I think the the one critique when you're taking a manager from um, even like how we took Potts from Southampton or you take a manager from, from especially from the Dutch league, you're thinking, can they hack it in the premiership, which is a lot more competitive, you know, um, eight can lose to 16, you know, easily. Um, and it won't even look lopsided sometimes. You know, you look at the likes of a Brighton, you play attractive football, even though they're lower down the, 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 the league. So, I think that's the one thing that people are kind of hung up on. Can he do it week in, week out with us? Um, but I think within our team, if we keep certain players, we will have enough premiership quality to be able to ride out those those games. My, I, I'm a big fan of him, and I think for me, it's when we go up against the the top teams, um, or even not some of quote unquote the the big the traditional big six, but even a team like Leicester, you know. Can you trust him to go away to Leicester and get the point? I think with the with his style of play, we can do that. Um, but it's going to mean that Levy's going to have to give him um, 
some some free reign in some in some respects because you can't go into a season with our, our current squad with Ten Hag and expect magic. It's just not going to happen. Um, these players, some of them are two years past their sell-by date. Um, and you know what happens when you have food that's off. <laughs> no more stomach bugs, man. We need to get them out. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and another, another, um, yeah, like another agenda I'm seeing about um, Ten Hag specifically um, relates back to Kane um, and people saying that maybe his brand of football is probably not best for Kane right now in terms of Kane wanting to see team trophies right now. Some people are telling me that because Ted, we, we need to make like some key changes for Ten Hag's football to be like as efficient as it could be um <clears throat> that maybe that might be the the, the last straw kind of for Kane and uh, he might move for the short-term gains um Owen what's your thoughts on that boy I, I, I do wonder if uh Ten Hag might end up meeting with Levy because it's 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 been widely rumored now that they've they're now scheduled to meet um if Ten Hag realizes his uh, his power in a sense, like he's probably like the only top candidate um, on the continent now that's viable to come to Tottenham, and he could be like, "Well, I want this, I want this, assure me this." Um, I don't know. I'm just still not sold on him. Like, what the question in general? What is it? Uh, what he, what can he do in the short term? Or um, it's, yeah, because I guess Kane wants to see, or, or the idea is Kane wants to see trophies now. So um, Kane's comments recently in in the media were that he's it feels bittersweet. I think was the exact word he said to win um, individual accolades, and he'd much rather be winning team accolades. So there's been some like rumblings around that maybe if Ten Hag comes in and he needs a bit more time to um, make to mm. make his mark, that maybe that might not. Kane's agenda and Kane that might force Kane's hands so he might have to leave uh, yeah I mean for me personally I'm still not fully sold on on, on saying Hag I'm not even sure um, even if he does sue like it's not going to happen straight away like there's definitely going to be it, it's going to be the middle of our rebuild period now and um, almost to paraphrase Potts like it's going to be it's, it's we're going to suffer it's going to be bad. So, if Kane, I mean, I'm sure Kane knows that. It's just a question of uh, if there's a market that that will purchase him or not. Um, because realistically, I think I think one of the best things that could happen for Ten Hag is we do get a really good fee for Kane, and he could potentially use that money on top of other players that we should be selling ten plus to start to build some of his team and the way he needs to play because I mean with the squad we've got and the way Ten Hag wants to play it ain't it it ain't it and it will take a lot more than just time to to get it to get them playing even remotely his way oh do you know what sorry this is a bit random here but this just come back to my head Um, I probably should have brought this up before but what do you guys think of um the rumours that Levy sort of, or one of the reasons why Levy got rid of Mourinho is that, or like specifically at that moment, is that Mourinho wanted to rest players for the final. He wanted to prioritise the final and Levy wanted to prioritise the league. Does that sound likely? Or yeah, I mean, either way, 
we all know Mourinho probably would have played Sanchez in the final. He talks, and in, in you know, the last, when, when Mourinho first came in, yeah, I was like, right, cool. Our style of football is going to go down the drain, but we'll probably be able to, to win a couple of things or, you know, one trophy in an FA Cup, uh, you know, Europa, that kind of thing. Um, but it was evident in the past two months at least, you know, when we've just been absolutely atrocious. Um, like he was, he, he had his own agenda. Um, and, and I'm not surprised these rumours have come out um, that, you know, Levy wanted him to play certain players. He was like, no, all that kind of stuff. Um, but even so, you're still playing Sanchez. You're still playing Dai. You're still playing, um, you know, you're still bringing on Sissoko in the Aston Villa game. Like, you're still making those decisions. So it, it doesn't really bear weight. Either way, I think we still have a, a team selection question on this on this podcast to talk about. You know, mm. facing this about Winks and the Celso and Noah Dombele with you know, Mourinho probably would have been Sanchez and, and number two at, at right back. You know, that kind of stuck in there. So I'm not ready to, to, to give him a pass and oh, well, maybe there was there was friction. But man, he, he, he was done. And then he called yeah, it yeah, yeah. I think, sorry, don't get me wrong. I think Mourinho was done at that point. I'm more talking about um, Levy, like his. I guess uh, you could call it just steady in the ship. Like league league position is more important than than the cup. But um, do you think it was in that moment? Or? Boy, do you know what these fans? Some of these fans have been uh, pushing this agenda, which is giving me the ick. It's one of those things where everyone thinks if if Mourinho was in charge of the final, then he he would have done better or perhaps even won, which I disagree with. And now these rumours have come out from that, and I think I think it's just based on what he's been like this season. Like, when is he rested players, really? Like, his squad management has run our players into the ground as it is. Like, I didn't see anything to suggest he would have rested players for one game and uh, played better players for the other because he's he's not really been doing it all that much, to be honest. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a cup final, but what? We're going to rest our team to play a week later against Sheffield United. Do me a favour, man. Not hearing that. <laughs> I think that the, the accusation was: the, should we have rested players for the Southampton game? Um, yeah. I think Levy wanted the full straight. Uh, allegedly, like this has all come from nowhere, really. Yeah, but the accusation was that Levy apparently wanted Mourinho to um, play a full strength against Southampton, whereas apparently Mourinho wanted to rest players, sacrifice any chance of top four. And uh, just play full strength in the final, and then uh, apparently it was um, a slight on Levy's mentality that um, he wanted Mourinho to play a full strength team against Southampton to get a chance to top four instead of uh, going full strength for the final. Which again, small probability though, man. Such a small probability, like yeah. And and the thing is, as well, the thing is, you you're able to play a weekend lineup against Southampton. If you beat Newcastle, Newcastle, beat Everton, <laughs> and then we can talk about wrestling players. All of this cool. So I mean, I'm done with mm. nah, man. If, <laughs> if you beat Newcastle, you come up four, so you right. are in control. And then right. you beat the further in control. It's true, Dave. Right. Dave, you're right, man. You're right. You're right. That's the fact. Yeah. That's, that's the fact. 
So, uh, you know, again, it's all too late now. Everyone's going, oh my gosh, no, we can get to top four. Look, teams around us have been dropping points left, right, and centre. We know Liverpool are inconsistent. Hey, man, these Mourinho are nasty, man. Right. All of these Mourinho stands, they are nasty, man. All of them. (laughs) No, honestly. Beat Newcastle, then we can talk. I can't believe I can't say that about Spurs, you know. Don't let Joe Linton be on a hat trick against you. Come on, man. <laughs> what foolishness is this, man? What is this? Joe Linton literally oh, scored or something, and, and half of them are being against us. Like he defines the whole old oh, guys. It's only Spurs. <laughs> that's that's what he's got tattooed on his leg. Bro, Spurs are a charity. We were set up whenever we were set up. It was eighteen eighty three specifically, <laughs> bro? Charity. To give Joe Linton a goal, bro, once a season, bro. That's what you had in mind. But, um, look, I mean, let's talk about um, Enik. I don't think we've, we've given them any attention so far this pod. <laughs> what are you guys feeling on Enik? I saw the, um, I saw the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, could, could you even call it a protest? Um, it was it, a disturbance? A little <laughs> it, looked, it looked like about 19, 20. You know, like when you go on a school trip? And you've got you've got, <laughs> you've got two classes what... standing side by side. That's what it looked like. It looked like um a school trip to the stadium. I saw people like holding bags of Spurs merchandise and stuff like. It didn't even really look like a um. It looked nothing like say like um Chelsea protest or whatever. Like that looked more like anger. Ours didn't really look like anger. So I guess what I'm asking is, do you really think people actually don't like any, or do you think it's just like? The, the thing to do at the moment because of the whole ESL thing. Um, mm. No, I think people are justified and and in, in their protests and distaste for Enik. Um, mm. I've been a bit of a pol- an apologist for Levy in the past, and uh, I think this whole European Super League thing's just brought it all to a head. Um, even though. Um, that Stevie package was looking juicy still, but that um, <laughs> with Enik and Joe Lewis, yes, like people make these um, these comparisons with Robin Abramovich, like okay, he he stays on easy up most of the time. Joe Lewis, head of or whatever it is, head of Enik, um, stays on his yacht most of the time, but because uh, because Joe Lewis. He lives on his yacht. He should be funding cash into the team, and it would have been really nice if he did. To be honest, let's like I can't knock that, but at the same time, it's just not happening. So, as I say, I think Levy, as as it stands, has done a pretty good job considering he's had no cash injections. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Overall, um, if we did have funding or investment at the right time. It could have even benefited them. Do you know what I mean? Like, if we are winning titles in and around the the 16-17 season, if they helped invest and we're winning titles, we become a much more attractive club to buy. So, yeah, I I have no doubts that they're looking to sell us on um, in the future. But it's... uh, it's, uh, The fans are directing their hate towards the board at the moment. Like, there's these... um, there's this supporters trust motion which is filed against the board to for the whole board to be removed. On and I read the statement from them and I thought, okay, it was it's probably an accumulation of things over the years that like, okay, not kicking on when we originally got in the Champions League two thousand and ten times. Fair enough. Uh, when we didn't kick on sixteen seventeen, we didn't start a player for eighteen months. 
yada yada yada. No, they focused completely on the whole Super League thing. It's just like, like I, I feel like yeah, too many of these fans have been enabled by Gary Neville just saying breakaway, breakaway, breakaway constantly, mm-hmm. um, and they're kind of protesting for the wrong reasons, the wrong reasons. Um, they should be protesting against Enik, like that. That would be that would be valid. In my eyes, but to protest against the board, against the European Super League, which looked inevitable with or without us anyway. Yeah, the tournament was executed poor. Like, it was poorly. That's That's been my biggest disappointment. Like, they didn't actually seem to have a plan in place. Um, I didn't agree with teams being in there for 23 years and couldn't be removed. That's fine. But, yeah, for people to be protesting against something which could have really put us in a great position not just financially, just, I mean, just being able to kick on, keep Kane and add to the team, stay in the Premier League where a lot of fans didn't think we would stay in the league. It's it's all nonsense. If it's if all these protests are coming from people to remove the board purely because of the European Super League, I know it sounds a bit harsh, but get over it. Like, it, yeah. like it's, it's one of those things, like... There's much more valid things you could be protesting for, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the problem with the board, <clears throat> the problem with the board goes runs deep. Like Owen just said, you know, you're thinking back to that that transfer window where we didn't sign anyone. Like I said, we went 18 months, <clears throat> um, and just poor decisions over the years. Um, I think it's now time for a refresh. Um, I think the lack of trophies when we're at our height wasn't just down to lack of investment. I think we also have to look at the fact that, you know, our manager didn't prioritise the domestic cups. You know, I would have I would have killed for just, you know, even like we look at Arsenal you know, across you know, just down the way. They were in their bad rut, but they got to a point where they're like, you know what? We win one game a month from January onwards <laughs> and we're in the cup final. And it's all you know, we go from there. So it's one one where you know Potts obviously came out and said it's it's Champions League or Premiership that or bust. So and I think that kind of filtered into you know maybe it was coming from the board I don't know, um, but they definitely kind of just hedged their bets a bit when we should have been kind of going for it. You know we're not Man City, we're not Chelsea, we don't have unlimited funds, um, but Levy's not a gambler in that respect. You know and I think you know fresh. Impetus um, would be necessary, um, and I think this the the little school day out that everyone had on on that Wednesday or whatever. Um, it was weird; they were protesting, but also buying merch. Yeah. Like, bruv, do better. Um, strange, yeah, but that said, there is there is one I'm hearing. There's one planned for the 15th of May, um, yeah. our last yeah. game. So yeah. that seems like it's gathering a lot of momentum. I would say as well because the last one was like it was planned at a, it was it was really short notice. I think it was like three or four p.m. Like people are working. I think that's a part of the reason why it didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As well as like, I think the next one will be a lot better. Um, so, um, like you guys said, like they are justified in in some ways. Obviously, um, some other ways uh, maybe not as justified. But what can you do, man? They're, they're all going to come together anyway. Um, so, I mean, if you're any out, this is probably your your best time um, to be a Spurs fan. <laughs> so keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out for that. Um, 
And if you're Eric In, you can get any cow and Eric In maybe in at the same time. Who knows? But um, <laughs> <laughs> did we have listeners' questions today, lads? We didn't have listeners' questions, did we? Nah, I don't think we did. No, okay. Um, I guess the last thing on on my agenda is this ESL breakup fee. So the figure I'm hearing is about 130 million, I think. Um and like let's let me not pretend to know like how that works or who that affects or anything. I'm just thinking of it in terms of pure transfer fees, yeah. That's how my brain works. <laughs> like I'm just thinking of it as if it was 130 million worth of transfer fees, yeah. Like just the players that like that's more than we spent. I'm sure that's more than we spent this year, this season. Yeah, 130 million. So to lose that on a fee, like for that to go into Perez's point, has Perez even left the ESO yet? I feel like he's he's trying to be the last man in. <laughs> he's, he's the last <laughs> man in the dynasty. <laughs> yeah. No, I respect I mean, it, man. I respect it. He's been he's been the only one that's put his neck on the line, like fully <laughs> out there. Yeah, totally he's on the chopping block, just there fighting his fight. Just, oh, bless him. Um, well, like, <laughs> he's probably out there talking to Porto or someone like that. <laughs> just anyone, anyone you can find is just going to be hollering Marie. Also, Marseille, Leipzig. <laughs> anyone with any European heritage at all. Europa Cup Winners Cup, Inter Toto, anything, bro. Yeah, Fulham. Inter Toto Cup Winners. Who's going to listen? Who's going to listen? I'll be more pissed if Red Star Belgrade get our stimulus package over us. Mad. Um, no, I don't know how this fine would even, like, um, be called because with this European Super League almost being in like an idle state we don't necessarily even have to break away from it to incur this fine anyway because if it's not happening then you know there's no need for us to break away from it um, unless uh, UEFA or the Premier League decide to punish us still which I don't think will happen anyway but yeah it is a weird one maybe the money will go to JP Morgan maybe Florentino Perez had this plan all along and um, put these clubs in these knowing situations, and if they broke away from his league, he can just take all of their these fines. Um, Messi, man, <laughs> he's gonna bring Messi boy. to Real Madrid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that he had another plan though, like a fee. Was it Figo he done that? Yeah, time? I was just getting yeah. the flashbacks of him in that corner, <laughs> trying to take that corner. Oh man, incredible, incredible. I don't know. I, th- I don't. You know, we've seen stuff like this before. We've seen FFP or whatever. Um, whenever it is the, the figure that is quoted is for the media yeah, yeah. but the yeah. clubs lawyers they'll figure that out they'll be like cool there'll be payments over the next 23 years yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't see them being in a position where they're going to go up to Man City Arsenal Tottenham and go right 130 million by the way of delight yeah. they're not going to do that do you I mean because they all know, and let's, let's face it, they all know that one, these clubs are affected by COVID anyway, um, whether you're the super rich or not. Um, they also know that they need these clubs to gear up the transfer market. Sure. You know, without the big clubs spending money in the transfer market, it all falls apart, really. Yeah. Um, and, and the kind of attention around the Euros, they're going to want players, you know, being, you know, talked about around the Euros, what kind of stuff. If all, if all the clubs, all the, you know, the biggest 20 clubs or whatever, 12 clubs in, in Europe, have a situation on their hands where um, they're, they're paying out 130 million, you know, to, to FIFA or UEFA, whoever it's going to. Um, it's not going to be a good look. So they'll they'll figure out a way to to kind of stagger the payments or, or 
keep it on a hush. It'll be 130 and they'll be like, all these sub-clauses, sub-clauses, sub-clauses. They end up paying 5 million and they'll be fine. You know. Um, but they have to be seen to be doing something because um, otherwise Gary Neville might talk about you on your podcast. Hmm. Whatever. So, to end the pod, um, I think we should at least say the word Sheffield United once. Um, mm. <laughs> and maybe talk about like what we what we want to see um, from that match, like line-up predictions. Um, yeah, man. Like I, I just want to see Ndombele. I'm, I'm thinking, so Ndombele hasn't played under Mason at all, right? Right, they so played it. against uh, Southampton, but he got uh, taken off on like the 60th minute. Okay, so I, yeah, I mean, I, I just want to see some more continuation of that. I want to see Andomale again. Um, I'm not fussed if Kane gets a bit of a rest. Maybe depends how he feels. I guess if he's fit, he's fit. But if it's like a rushing back thing, I mean, I'd be happy for him to have a bit of a rest now. Um, and yeah, everything else. I mean, I'm not, I'm not feeling too attached to football right now. If I'm being honest. Mm. It's one game a week, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. And and there's a lot of players who have got impressed, man. Like Dele has barely played. Bergerin is almost free from the shackles of Mourinho. Like mm. Vinicius didn't even get on the bench for the final. Like there's players who have th- there's players who have things to prove, man. I need to see it. Like I, I I know there's not much to play for, but at this point, man, like get the guys who haven't played much. They need to get out there to prove themselves, man. And at least uh, like we maybe suggested before. Like what Levy would like is for them to be at least in the, in the shop window, so we can see actually if we are going to keep them or if we're not going to keep them, man. That's what I want to see. Oh. You interested to see if Delhi gets on the bitch? <clears throat> Obviously, he's got his new hairstyle now, Delhi Marley. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see if he gets on the pitch um, and where we go from there. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know. Mason just pissed me off on Sunday, so I don't really care. Team selection, you think he'd play in Dominic as Man City, and he doesn't, so don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. They're the whipping boys anyway, so like any result against them, come on, man. Like There's no reason for us to even be. Man, just get the win and just fucking forget Yeah, about get the win and bounce. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're all predicting a win? No, I think they're going <laughs> to pop us off the park, to be honest. Um, no, I watched them against Brighton, to be fair, and they genuinely played very, very well. I think they've got their tails up confidence-wise. They, they've they got literally nothing to lose now. Um, they're, they're actually more well-versed in their style of play than we are. I think we're still going to get caught doing too much again. Um, starting lineup wise I'd like to see a continuation of uh, the same about pairing Dier and Alderweireld. Um, I, I think Aurier can continue right back. I'm not so sure about Regulon on left back again. I think he needs to take at least the game out. Um, yeah, midfield free for me, just for the ball retention. Um, Hoybier, Winks and Ndombele. Um I think Sun might need to be put on ice a little bit as well, you know. Um yeah, like his his performance. Actually, no, scratch that. I think Kane needs to be part of nice. Put some through the middle, Bergvine, uh, Bergvine back in the team, and then uh, I guess it would have to be Lucas Mora, um, whichever on their respective sides. 
But yeah, I, I think we're going to get caught doing too much again and um, Sheffield United might just run through us. I think they're going to take it 2-1. Wow. Um, wow. Brave, 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 brave. Well, Spurs at home, right? Spurs at home. Oh, uh, sorry? Spurs at home, right? Yeah, Spurs at home. Yeah, Spurs no, at home. No, we're not. No, we are, we are. No, we're not at home. I think a lot of the guys have things to prove after the performance on Sunday. So, I'm going 2-0. 2-0 at home. I think we're yeah, I think 2-0. You know. Actually, do you know what? I hope Delhi plays just to shut some of these people up online about who's new hair. I think these people have been... I only just caught it like in the five minutes before we started recording the pod um, when the threads were being put in the group and there's um, obviously white people going on and feeling like they have to be extremely opinionated about his new hairstyle. Um, if you guys haven't seen it and you're just listening, he's got uh, dreadlock extensions. He's got the rude hillet vibe going on. <laughs> I like it personally. Um, there was a question if uh, Ali Gold um, kind of opened him up to it. I kind of read it, I, I had a quick look at his article when he said that Delhi had been receiving praise for it and blah blah blah. Um, so I don't think it's a case of um, Ali Gold um, playing a part in it because everyone's going to see him on the weekend, and those people who are tweeting about it are going to tweet in the, uh, tweet about it regardless. It's just it's just annoying that they feel the need to and. Um, yeah. Genuinely, I, I mean, it's not going to happen. Uh, social media will social media, but they can win the next in. I mean, footballers, man, get it. Who, who has What's the what's the news, man? Honestly, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, <laughs> man. You get you get like even down to I, I guess Pogba is like the best example. You have like pundits talking like discussing mm. before the match. Like, is he focused on the game? <laughs> it's like he just got a haircut, man. It's man like, can get a shape up, and they'll say that about him as well. It's so annoying. <laughs> it's not that deep, man. Like I, 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 to be honest, I meant to mention Delhi's haircut in the pod, and it just completely left my mind because it's just it's just here man like, I don't exactly. know, like, I have any difference yeah. on anything man yeah. but um, yeah that's life that's football I guess um, hopefully it is a sign of Delhi just wanting to um, or seeing like a new start or something like that um, and hopefully it's not like a, a midlife crisis kind of thing in it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um, it's been a good pod make sure you tune into um, the rest of the touchline fracas gang um, I think there's a fight card this weekend actually um, yeah uh, this, this Friday um, Arsenal uh, Liverpool against Man United this weekend so, so yeah cop- copying fracas versus Muga that should be a good one Make sure you're locked in. Um, tune in. <laughs> tune into the uh, tune into the Discord as well. Discord gets crazy. Um, just make sure you're locked in. Also, sign up to the Spurs Patreon. You're getting some um, episodes on there. There's a free episode on there at the moment. So yeah. make sure you sign free. up and tune. It's, it's absolutely free. No money needs to change hands. Don't worry, guys. Just sign in. Just sign yeah. up um, and take it in. Definitely, um, definitely get into the Discord. Arsenal getting cooked right now by Villarreal. Emery, Hive, Standard. If you're on a blind ten man, tip, yeah, bro, get onto that, man. It's it's good vibes, good banter on there as well, man. You got fourth, man. I'm gonna go check that out. Nah, let me not lie to you. <laughs> and then down to ten men as well. Oh my god. <laughs> What's that? I'll test it out tonight, yeah. Yeah, yeah, midnight, midnight. I ended on that. <laughs>
Nice one, lads. Nice one. Let's see. On debut, Tungay Onzombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. A great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Oh yeah! Sports Social Podcast Network.